Non-binary listeners, ladies and gentlemen, heroes and heroines, crooks and crookians, Huey Lewis and the news, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler. It don't take money, don't take fame, don't need no credit card to ride this train. Tougher than diamonds, stronger than steel, you won't feel nothing till you feel, till you feel the power of the Casino Combat Arsenal. And that arsenal is right here, proudly, free of charge, all day, every day, 365 days a year. Welcome to episode 124 of our Casino Combat Podcast, coming to you live from the glorious Casino Combat Studios in parts unknown. I will do the battle plan in a minute. Guardian and Jet have not checked in yet, but I've got a couple of interesting things to share with you from the Casino Combat Galaxy. Our squad has has been busy, busy, busy. So first up, an Excelsior Brigade member sent me an email, wonderful email, with results that I wanted to share with all of you that I think you all need to hear. And here is how that email went. Our squad mate said, I just wanted to let you know that I am still on par for being positive using the Casino Combat Arsenal. I ended the month of October on a positive note. During that month, I had two out of three days where I had a level three meta Martingale loss. Ooh, ouch. Uh, that was my thought, not, not theirs. Uh... They continued, that was a tough one. Nonetheless, I was able to get back to what I knew I had to do. My note, love that part, love that part. I was able to get back to what I knew I had to do. That's that discipline. That's that winning mindset. Love it, love it, love it. Anyway, they continued again. Since then, I have recovered and ended the month. Played 56 tables, 28 winning tables, 20... Eight losing tables, perfect balance there, including two Meta Martingale losses. End result was a positive 2.5 days pay. Excellent, 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 excellent. To continue, I kept listening to the podcast and it was an inspiration to keep using my tools. I have upped my level at Caesars Properties and now I'm getting more comps with no resort fees. I guess you could say I am sort of living a casino lifestyle. Again, Thanks, TRG. Keep up the good work. Hope to see you at the tables. This is just great stuff. This this just is. I, I'm always happy to get updates like this, obviously. But confirmation of other people putting the arsenal to work, applying casino wisdoms, and reaching a profit despite setbacks that happen to everyone from time to time. Thanks for the email. Really wonderful stuff. Proof that we are a squad. We are out there working. We are out there doing this. It does work. It does take discipline. It does take focus. 
it does in fact take getting knocked down a little bit and then getting back up as we saw here all such great stuff thanks again so much for the email next up (laughs) gabriel had an interesting set of experiences and there are a lot of wisdoms that are going to be applied in this one as we go along. I'm going to try to point those wisdoms out to you. In many ways, this could have been a moment of Casino Wisdoms segment if I'd have wanted it to be. But it's kind of one to share this and point out these things. So Gabriel was playing craps. I was other places. It's probably while I was in Las Vegas, maybe. But uh, Gabriel's playing craps and his phone is blowing up. And he there's a, a, a decent throw going on. And he checks his phone, and it's it's an important customer. So things finish up, and due to a couple of the bets he made that were dependent on the outcome of the entire throw, Gabriel's going to get paid out on what's called a fire bet. And that's going to be a very important part of this story. Uh, this is kind of the story about the story to get to the story. So he gets paid out on this fire bet, and I'll tell you what that is in a minute, and rushes away from the craps table with his chips in his pocket out to his car to call this customer and resolve this customer issue. And when he finishes doing that and heads back into the casino to cash out his chips, he looks at them and it doesn't look right to him. He thinks that maybe, because he's trying to remember back now, he was distracted, he was in a hurry, he was just kind of waiting for the throw to end so he could get paid. He thinks he may have been paid a purple chip instead of a black chip. He thinks he should have been given three black chips and some miscellaneous chips, and that he was given a purple, Which so instead of a black $100 chip, he thinks somebody picked up a purple $500 chip instead, meaning he would have been mispaid by $400. But he's not 100% sure. And he clearly remembers that the pit boss approved the payout before the chips were handed to him. And so he's talking to me, he's calling me, and he's like, so what do I do? How do I handle this? What's the right way to approach this? Now, Gabriel tends to the hero side. He tends to want to do the right thing. He is a good church-going guy. This was a real quandary for him. This was not something that he was just, oh, well, what the heck? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I misremembered what the payout should have been. I was distracted. He, He really is worried about doing the right thing. And so... My first thought to him was to apply Casino Wisdom number 88. And if you don't recall, if you have not gone to CasinoCombat.com and gone to the Fred section and downloaded the Casino Combat book of Casino Wisdoms, let me refresh your memory. Casino Wisdom number 88 is, when gambling, mistakes happen, let the dealers and the floor, and in this case, and security, do their job. So if I was applying that, and this is the point I made to him, I wouldn't have said anything. You're not even sure a mistake was made. If they ask, clearly you can just return the money, and that would be the hero move, not to ask any questions, just to go, oh, okay, I wasn't sure, yeah, if you say so. Um, I think a more measured approach, I, I think the approach I might have taken on this one is if somebody came up to me a few days later and said, hey, we mispaid you, I think I'd apply Casino Wisdom number nine and appeal to a higher power. In this case, the higher power would be the cameras and the gaming commission, which is to say, I think I'd have asked for proof before I just took their word for it. They had approved it. They had paid it. If they're claiming they made a mistake, they ought to have evidence of that mistake. 
If you think that's a crook move, you think that's a crook move. I I don't think it is. I I think it's trust but verify. I I, I really do. But that's kind of my thoughts that I, that I shared with Gabriel, and he was away from the casinos for a f- casino for a few days. He had other things going on. He didn't get a phone call from anyone telling him this is what happened. At this point, he's still not sure. He's still trying to decide what to do, but he's not even sure a mistake has been made, and no one has suggested a mistake was made. But as he's thinking about all this and walking into the casino again, a craps friend of his finds him, sees him, says, Oh, good, I was hoping to find you. I've got a situation. What would you do? And his friend shared a story that made all of his issues kind of a bit meaningless. So the day before Gabriel walked into the casino, his friend had thrown a five-point fire bet. Now, a fire bet on our craps tables is a wager made by when the dice are moved to a new player, that the player may throw multiple points, which is to say they throw a six and then they throw another six before they throw big red. They throw a five. They throw another five before they throw big red. And then an eight and then a 10 and then a nine. And the more points they throw, the more numbers they hit successfully twice before big red, the more money the bet pays. And it can get up to 290 to 1, something bigger than... It it gets to some really big numbers if someone throws 5 or 6 points. It is a bet that is a high house advantage wager, but it is also a wager that you can make for as little as a dollar, and so a lot of people, and myself included, tend to throw a few dollars on it just in case the person happens to do something unusual and we can collect a big payout. So his friend had thrown a five-point fire. He had the dice. He hit five points before finally hitting big red and ending ending his toss. He had a lot of money on on the fire bet. A lot for a fire. It's a lot of throws over a reasonably long period of time. A couple of dealer changes. And the procedure on this bet, when it's a large number of points made, is the game stops, security checks all the throws, confirms everything, and in this case, the cameras confirmed it, the pit bosses verified the payout, the game continued. He collected a couple thousand dollars, several thousand dollars. The next day, this day that Gabriel's returning to the casino, as he approaches the, the craps pit, the pit boss said, It wasn't a five-point fire. It was a four-point fire. A mistake was made. You need to return $2,000. You were overpaid by $2,000. And Gabriel's friend didn't know what to do. And at this point, Gabriel stopped worrying about the potential $400 he might have been mispaid. He's more concerned about helping his friend. This is obviously a much bigger issue. And obviously, they had come and asked for this person's money back. The story gets more interesting. His friend had been the one with the dice, as I said. He had watched the points get marked. He was sure it was a five-point fire. He was the one that threw the points. So he wasn't sure what to do. He had a lot of discussions with the casino. There was a lot of back and forth. And eventually, they decided mutually, without realizing that it was casino wisdom number six, but they did. They applied casino wisdom number six. Everyone stayed calm and a casino solution was found. Gabriel's friend would return the $2,000 extra that the house claimed he had been mispaid, and the casino would give him 
$1,000 in promotional chips each week for three weeks. A total of $3,000 in promotional chips that could be wagered but not cashed in exchange for him returning $2,000 in cash that they felt he had been overpaid. Now, this isn't horrible. Promo chips are like free bets. You make them like any other bet, but free bets are collected when the wager resolves win or lose. You only play a free bet in this building once. Promo chips are like regular chips, although they are larger in size and thinner in thickness, so they don't get confused. But they play the same as regular chips in that you play them until you lose them. So if you if you bet them on a hand of blackjack, if you lose the hand, they're gone like regular chips. If you win the hand, you get paid real chips equal to the promo chips wagered, and you can wager the promo chips again. So there's a decent possibility, depending on how they were played, that a player might very well end up with more than $2,000 cash won from $1,000 in chips played. And the house knows that most players don't have the discipline to really focus on trying to do that, and they would probably end up winning any money that was won with the promo chips. And they got their books right, they got their books clear, and the promo chips come out of a different budget. Now, I'm unclear how a mistake of that size could happen. I mean, in my mind, it takes a lot of nerve to ask for the money back a couple days later after security checked the results, confirmed the results, and the pit boss confirmed the payout was proper. But that said, this seems like a fair deal. Gabriel's friend clearly chose the hero's path in this one. Honestly, I think I would have as well placed in the same situation. It does seem like a very fair deal. But I just thought it was interesting that we hear two stories kind of back-to-back of a craps table at my local casino that can't seem to do the most basic of casino functions, pay wagers correctly. And then they have the nerve to come back to this gentleman and say, hey, we got it wrong, but we want you to make our mistake right. Anyway, squad, what should we talk about today? What should our battle plan be? Here's what I'm thinking, subject to me changing my mind at any moment, as you know. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what's on my mind. I'm going to do a questions my sons ask segment and cover a bankroll, take two, and cover a bankroll question that was posted on the Casino Combat Squad's Facebook page, on the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group. It was a great question. I think it needs to be covered. If you are on Facebook and not a member of that group, come join the squad. Come be part of what we've got going on. There's some always some good stuff there. Small but growing. Love to see you join us. Also, follow on Insta- Instagram at Gambler Ramblin'. Uh, trying to post there regularly or throw things over to Billy for him to post. A busy group there as well. Good group of people. ECE and ACE are often uh, often. Uh, involved over there. So we're going to cover that question from the Facebook page, as well as a question that I see asked online over and over that has a short, but I think very important answer. After that, Mrs. TRG, the radiant goddess of casino combat, is going to jump in for an Oasis segment and discuss her visit to the Caesars Palace pool complex during our visit to Las Vegas last week. Well, two weeks ago. 
I'll follow that with a moment of casino wisdom. I want to revisit an important casino wisdom to discuss how we applied it over the past two weeks following that tough night at the Mirage, and then share a technique from Mrs. TRG's teaching days that I came up with that I use all the time in my daily play and I think might be another tool for all of you as you attempt to accomplish that particular casino wisdom in your own efforts to win the game of casino gambling. After that, we will adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge to review the results for the month of October 2023 and answer the question, did TRG dig such a large hole in Las Vegas that he can't play his way out and have a winning month? That is the question we're going to answer. We're going to review all of those results all the way around and see if we have a win or a loss for this month of October 2023. There we go. That's the plan. We are caught up with the squad. Let's do questions my sons ask. What? 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 My sons ask questions about gambling, squad mates post questions about gambling, and sometimes complete strangers ask the same question multiple times in multiple ways, and I think the answer would be interesting to all of you. And so we're going to cover a couple of questions like that today. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I'm doing this from memory. I'm actually doing this without a script, which is unusual for me. But uh, this was posted in the, in the, as I said in the intro, this was posted in the uh, Facebook group Casino Combat Squad from one of our squad mates. And it's a very, very uh, fundamental question. An interesting question, but a fundamental one. And in that context, one that I think uh, many of you may have had. And the general idea of the question was this. If the day's pay goal is $200 and $10 three-to-two blackjack tables are available, should the bankroll be structured for the Meta Martingale around a $100 buy-in to try to win $200? So that would be a Meta Martingale of a $10 unit size, a $20 unit size, and a $40 unit size, assuming you don't win until you get to the end. But if if $200 is the day's pay goal, should the initial buy-in and bankroll be structured around $100? Or should it be structured around $200 and a $20 unit size? Great question. Solid question. Love the preparation. Love thinking about all of this. And per per our core concepts, having a bankroll of money that you are willing to lose, able to lose, that is appropriate to the size wagers you are going to make. This is an important core concept. And it's a very significant question to answer before you get to the casino so that you can structure the money you're carrying in correctly. And I think the the principle, the idea, and I've talked about it before, that needs to be applied here is this. Winning one is easy. Winning infinity is impossible. And the application of that, that should be a casino wisdom, by the way, but the application of that in this situation is this, doubling your buy-in at a blackjack table, which is to say buying in for 200 and winning 200 is a challenge, but winning 10 units, which is to say $200 with a $20 unit size, is much, much closer to one than infinity. And winning 20, 
units, which you would have to do with a $10 unit size, is much closer to infinity than it is to one as it relates to a $20 unit size. Personally, what I find in my play is that starting a positive exit with 8 to 12 wins is difficult but doable. It is close enough to one unit one that it is doable. I like to start my exit, my positive exit between 8 and 12 units one. 8 is easier to win than 12. So in this case, I would not recommend trying to buy in with $100 and win $200. Use a $10 unit size and try to more than double my buy-in. In this case, try to triple my buy-in. I would recommend a $20 unit size and a goal of winning 10 units and starting my exit. However, I was going to do that exit. So strongly, strongly, strongly come down on using TRG4 and trying to win 10 units with a $20 unit size and hitting that $200 day's pay number and getting up and out and off the table in whatever fashion using whatever exit you would like to use. The other part of this is that if you start with $10 trying to win $200 and you don't succeed and you take a negative exit and you take a break and you look at the fountain and you go see the Buddha statue and you buy it at the next time for $200 you're still trying to win $400. You're still trying to win 20 units because you have to get the 200 buy-in back and the 200. At each step of the Meta Martingale, you've still made it difficult on yourself. Conversely, if your unit size goes 20, 10, 20, I'm sorry, 20, 40, 80, that would be the numbers if you buy in with 200. If you start with a $20 unit size and, and you take a negative exit and, and then you go to a $40 unit size and you take a negative exit and an $80 unit size and you have a positive exit, you should have approximately, in general, all of your money back plus your day's pay number or pretty close to it. It's going to be much more difficult to do if you start at the $10 unit size. So go with, go with a $200 buy-in, go with a $20 unit size. Try to win 10 units and start your exit. That is absolutely the way I would try that. Try to do that. That's the way I would structure that bankroll. Great question. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. The other question that I've not been directly asked, but that gets asked in a lot of big online conversations about various casino topics, generally goes, something like this. And again, I'm paraphrasing and I'm throwing a lot of different questions in together to kind of create one question. But in general, the question will go something like this. I don't know what's going on with Casino X. I've been going there for years. And recently, even though I play the same way all the time, my comps are going down. I'm not getting the free play I used to get. I'm not. I'm only getting Sunday through Thursday room comps now. They won't comp me Friday or Saturday. They're not doing this that they used to do. I don't get the same gifts I used to get. Why are they being so cheap? Where should I go play instead? Where will the same play get me the comps I used to get, the comps I deserve? Okay, I made that a little melodramatic, but the answer here is, in my mind, very important to our awareness as players about what is going on 
I'm going to say in the world, but let's all be honest, other than uh, some Caribbean islands, I really have no idea what's going on in the world. I haven't been to uh, a casino in Macau, so maybe this isn't happening there. I have no clue on that. But here in North America, at least, let's think about one very, very, very important fact related to I play the same now as I have for years. No, you don't. And you don't realize why. And that's understandable. But TRG is here to explain this and to shine some light on this and to show you that if you're paying attention to your comps and they're going down, in my never so humble opinion, there is a reason why. Inflation. Inflation is real. And what that means is, suppose you say, I play $25 chips. I normally play between one and five, just to pick a random number, 20, one in five chips as my wager, and I play the same way I've always played. And before the pandemic, I was always getting comped rooms basically anytime I wanted them. I would always get comped Friday and Saturday. Now I'm not getting comped Fridays and Saturdays anymore. They want to collect $69.95 or whatever the number is. Pick a number. That's not fair. You know, here's the thing. Inflation has means that you have to use more dollars now than you did four years ago to buy the same room. The price of the room went up because the value of dollars went down. Likewise, because of inflation, that green chip, while it was worth $25 then and it was worth $25 now, in reality, because of inflation, that chip is only worth, let me try to do the math, Yeah, it's worth $17 in 2019 dollars. In pre-pandemic dollars, adjusted for inflation, that $25 chip today, it would have only been worth $17 then. If I've explained that in a way it makes sense. I hope I have. So, to pick simple numbers, and I know these aren't right, but if inflation has been 10% per year for the last three years, your bets need to go up by 10% each year to adjust for inflation. Now, I'm not going to get this math right, and I'm not going to bother to get this math right. As I said, I'm doing this without a script. But what that means is the first year, your $25 wagers needed to have another $2.50 added to them. They needed to be $27.50. And then you need to add another $2.70 for the second year, and then another two, $3, call it, for the third year. So you need to be wagering, uh, whatever that is, $7 more? I don't know. Do the math. Tell me I messed it up. Hey, there we go. There we go. There's, <laughs> there's some homework, Mitch. Do the actual math. <laughs> Send it over to T-Rex so that he knows what it's supposed to be. Uh, the point is, jokes aside, and, and Mitch, you know I love you and I'm just kidding. But uh, the point is, you would have to be making a 30 to $35 wager in today's dollars to truly be wagering more. If you're a slot player, you would need to be wagering an extra 20%. You know, if you walked, he said, I normally walk in and I spin a thousand dollars through the machines for as long as it lasts. Well, it needs to be $1,200 today to get the same comps that you were getting in 2019. Inflation is real. Oh, fun story. 
years ago, years ago, years ago, I had a, in my mind, we're talking 30 years ago, I had in my mind a, a high roller tell me that you needed to play $25 a hand for four hours a day at blackjack to kind of have run of the house, uh, food and beverage comps and show tickets and all that kind of stuff. I just had a similar person tell me or tell someone else in my presence while we were in Las Vegas that it's now $100 a hand, four hours a day. In 30 years, inflation has caused a green chip player to not be important, particularly it ha you have to be a black chip player to be of significance to the house in terms of comps and that kind of thing. Inflation is very real. We are seeing it happen in real time. And it is causing us to be comped less if we still play the same way we have always played. It's not fun. We understandably don't like it. But if you're not getting the comps you used to get, the reason is that your play has stayed the same. And that means your play has less value to the house in current dollars. All right. Uh, Mrs. TRG is up next with an Oasis segment. everyone, and welcome to the Oasis segment of our Casino Combat Podcast. Today I'm going to be reviewing the Caesars Pools, um, pool complex, should I say, from our recent visit to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was so excited to be staying at Caesars and to be able to have the opportunity to visit their pool complex because I've heard so much about it and that they're just beautiful and extravagant and you really have a great experience there. So as I walked down there, they had actually six different pools. So I'll be talking about each one of them and then giving an overall review to encompass all six of those pools. When you walk in, you get your towel and as you walk out the double doors, all of a sudden you see this beautiful Caesar statue under a large temple and there are fountains all around. It's kind of a shallow pool, so you'd be able to kind of walk into it, probably be about you know, three and a half to four feet deep. And fortunately, the pool was closed. They had ropes all around it and there was really no explanation as to why it was closed. So as I walked around trying to find a seat, there are lots of seats around on about 40 feet away from this pool, which is called the Temple Pool. And it was on a cement deck and there were lots of different seats, lots of towels all over the uh, lounge chairs. So I did manage to find one last lounge chair kind of tucked away back in the corner and I put my towel down there and thought, okay, well, let's go check out what this pool complex is like. Obviously the temple pool was not much because other than the big Caesar statue, there really wasn't anything there. So I ventured into the next pool, which is right there also is called the Venus pool. The Venus pool was their private adult pool they did check your ID in order to get in and then also gave you a wristband so that they know that you had already had your ID checked and you were allowed to be able to come into that pool. It had some large hedges that just kind of separated it from the temple pool. Um, they had lots of different cabanas and day beds, big glorious statues of lions with wings they did have their own private bar back there also, and I did see many waitresses walking around taking drink orders for the customers. 
could not find a seat back there either. Um, a lot of it was kind of in the shaded areas. And because there were so many day beds, there weren't a lot of just lounge chairs. So I ventured into the next pool, which was the Neptune pool. The Neptune pool, once again, was a large rectangle, lots of people sitting around in cabanas and day beds. They did have quite a few lounge chairs, but unfortunately, they all had towels on them, which is an indication that somebody is sitting there. In my opinion, I thought of this as the party pool, as there was loud music playing, uh, lots of young kids having a good time, lots of people in the pool, lots of people sitting out of the pool. And I think part of it was because it was such a party pool is because right at the end of this Neptune pool was their next pool called the Fortuna pool, which had a bar in it as well. And then they also had three swim up blackjack tables. Fortunately, they were still six to five tables, but there was lots of people playing that looked like they were winning and having a good time um, as people were shouting and everything. So once again, could not find a seat back there. So I ventured around and then also came across that they had the Bacchus pool, which was their private seven stars pool. And it was several steps up overlooking the Neptune pool. Pretty cool but very private and I was not able to get up there. Then I found the Apollo pool, which was really tucked way into the back and it was just a rectangle, nothing really spectacular about it. So after seeing all of the six pools, I decided to go back to my lonely lounge chair back by the temple pool. And so I sat down and put all my suntan lotion in as, as I'm laying there, several people are talking about why everything is so shaded. In fact, there was a lady who, in her Australian accent said, my goodness, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how to build a pool. She was also complaining that there was so much shade around, it was hard to really enjoy the hot desert sun and enjoy the pools and all of the atmosphere from getting a great suntan. I kind of chuckled because I was feeling the same way. After the sun kind of came around, I got thinking, well, the reason why there's no sun around here is because they built these pools and then they decided to build all these big towers around the pools. So there wasn't a whole lot of sunshine anywhere. But as the sun kind of came around, I decided, all right, I wasn't ready to quite being done yet. And I really wanted to enjoy some more sun. So I decided to take one more lap around to see if I could find a place that maybe somebody had vacated. And I did back at that Apollo pool that was kind of way tucked in the back. It was quiet. There wasn't a lot of people around. And I did find, again, one lounge chair. My only problem with this pool back here, too, is I had discovered as I set up my towel and my bag and everything else, and I walked over to the Fortuna bar to grab a adult beverage and came back, I realized that this is where the restrooms are. And yeah, as I'm laying there enjoying my adult beverage and some sun, you could also smell the restrooms. So it was kind of a stinky corner. So not all enjoyable, but I did get my sunshine finally. So as I looked at reviewing all the complexes of the pool here, I rated the whole Caesar six pool complex. Under ambience and features, I gave them a four out of five. Even though the pools really didn't have super fountains or things like that other than the temple pool there at the beginning, they did have a lot of statues and various different chairs and day beds and things 
that you could lay in and relax. So I gave it a four out of five. Easy access, I also gave a four out of five. As I was venturing down to the pool complex, they had a great signage all the way down the long hallway and told me to turn right and then it kind of stopped. And I kept venturing thinking, okay, I've gotta be there, I've gotta be there. Turned around thinking I had gone too far but eventually I did find it, obviously. But it would have been nice to have some extra signage once you had turned down the other long hallway to get outside to the pool complex. So a four out of five. Food and beverage, I also gave a four out of five for. Even though they had two bars, I didn't really see a whole lot of service waitresses other than the adult pool. You had to kind of go and get your own drinks. I did not see a menu that they offered any type of snacks or lunch or anything, but I kind of think that you probably could order because of all the cabanas that were out there. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have some type of food service available also, but I did not see it during my visit. The overall vibe I gave was a three out of five. Even though people seemed to be enjoying themselves, I thought it was difficult to find a chair because of all the chairs that had towels on them. And also just, there wasn't a whole lot of sun. There's parts of it were kind of loud. So I thought my overall vibe was a three out of five, giving the Caesars six pool complex a 15 out of 20. Agree, disagree, doesn't matter. I'm just the wife of a rambler gambler. And I am told that TRG will join you next for a moment of casino wisdom. Casino wisdoms, as you know if you've listened for a while, combined knowledge or information about casinos, how casinos operate, how players behave in a casino with an action to be taken in in certain situations. And one of the most important and probably one of the most difficult is casino wisdom number 42. Have a winning mindset or don't gamble. And like any of these mindset things inside or outside gambling, mindset is difficult to control and mindset is a very important part of success in so many, many things. In its simplest form, take athletics. If you play tennis, if you play tennis competitively, not for uh, recreation, if you are trying to be a competitive tennis player and you go into a match knowing you can't win, that's probably a self-fulfilling prophecy. Belief that you can win and having a plan to win is very important. As it applies to gambling, if you don't think you can win, there's a good probability that that will self-fulfill as well, that you will, in fact, subconsciously at least, find a way to lose. And this is not rah-rah, pump yourself up. This is more like, or at least the way I want to talk about this today, is a professional level of awareness. And let me give you a couple of examples and then I'm going to, having given you a couple of examples, I'm going to share with you a technique that I kind of invented for my wife in her teaching profession that very much lately I've been applying to myself. So the stories first, or the observations first, the situations first. If I'm walking to a blackjack table and I'm going to sit down and I buy in with my, my, my table bankroll and I lose 
the first five hands. You can start to have negative thoughts. I've lost five hands. I've lost six units. This is a lost table. I can't win from here. What I find myself doing more and more is going, ah, I lost five in a row. I come back from this all the time. I build back to even from here all the time. It happens every day or two. If I'm on a trip, it happens every few tables. I'm not done. Even if I lose this table, I'm not done. My bankroll is intact. Everything is fine. I know how to handle this. This is like a very good NFL football team that throws an interception, gives up a touchdown, and then gives up another touchdown. Good teams know no big deal. This is how we come back from that. In fact, hadn't thought about it, but to take the football analogy just a little bit further, my high school football team, my senior year was very, very good. We only lost the first game of the season. We won the remaining nine games. We won the league championship, blah, 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 blah. One of the most successful high school football teams my hometown has ever had, which is not to suggest that I was a particularly good football player or an integral part of that. But the point I want to make about mindset is we were a good football team with an amazing high school field goal kicker. And if we were down going into the second half, we knew exactly how we were going to win. We were going to get close or tie it up. And then at the last minute, we were going to get the ball, drive down, and our kicker was going to kick a 40-yard field goal and we were going to win the game. We won probably five or six games that way. So we had a winning mindset. When we were down two scores at the end of the first half, we weren't going, how can I ever recover from this? We were going, oh, this is how we recover from this. We know how to do this. We do this all the time. We had a winning mindset. We had a plan. We had a belief in what we knew we could do. I'm the same way at a blackjack table. I'm the same way in a casino. If things don't go well in the early part of a table, I'm not woe is me, it's over. I'm, I come back from this all the time and this is how I do it. This what is what happens. I sometimes almost see it happen in the sense that I'll, I'll, I've lost, I've lost, I've lost, I've lost. I'm playing TRG4, I win. The next unit's a two-unit bet. And as I'm making it, I go, oh, a blackjack here would fix things. A double or a split here would fix a lot of things, and it doesn't always, obviously, but often it does. I have a winning mindset, I'm not woe is me, and I'm drawing back on how things can go well. Instead of seeing how things are going to fail, I'm seeing how things can turn around. I'm seeing how things have turned around in the past. And then from there, I, I want to reflect, and we're going to answer the question in, in just a minute here when we get to the virtual VIP lounge, but I want to reflect back because it's been on my mind a lot these past two weeks. You can believe that. As we were leaving Las Vegas, as we were down 10 days pay, I think the number was, we'll get the numbers again in a minute, but we're down like 10 days pay. And Mrs. TRG is just looking at the calendar and going, oh, you got two weeks to fix this. She's not worried. She's not woe is me. She's drawing on past experience and saying, eh, it's going to take you probably two weeks, but you'll fix this. You'll cover it. It'll happen. It's not a big deal. You've got time. You're gambling for the month. She's applying one of those core concepts. Once again, a winning mindset. Not woe is us. 
not how did we do this, not we screwed up, and we're playing for the month. And that's the thing I want to tell you about. A little story about my wife. Mrs. TRG, the radiant goddess of casino combat, was a very, very skilled and accomplished elementary school teacher. And being an elementary school teacher in government schools is a thankless job. (laughs) Almost literally, they thank you at the end, either at the end of the year or at the end of your career. And that's about the only thanks you get. And you get it generally, for the most part, with the exceptions I'm about to share, you get those thank yous from your peers and coworkers rather than from a lot of other people, rather than from your customers, the students and the parents, if you will. But a couple times a year, every year, my wife would get a note or an email or have a conversation with someone, sometimes with the parent of a current student, sometimes from the parent of a student from a previous year or a couple years back, and they would have very nice things to say. They would be recognizing the impact she had on their student or their life. And I would say to her, Lock that in. Remember that. One of my favorite scriptures, and I don't remember which verse it is, and I'm not going to look it up, but one of my favorite scriptures is after the wise men visit Jesus, who's a baby, after they visit him, there's a line that says, Mary remembered all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept them. She kept those memories. And I would always say to my wife, keep those memories. Remember that. When things go badly, When someone is giving you a hard time, whether it's a student who's acting out or a parent who's being unreasonable or someone in the administration expecting things from teachers, remember this positive impact that you had. Remember this good thing and draw on it. So that's the point I want to, in terms of, because I do get this question from time to time, often said jokingly, you know, people will say, yeah, it's just not going very well for me. And my wife says it's because I just don't have a winning mindset. And they're kind of joking in the sense that, oh, the winning mindset is just so hard to get. And that's why I'm saying, when a positive thing happens to you, remember it. Lock it away. Make a point of saving that reference point. Tell yourself, write it down. It is amazing how the act of writing impacts memory. That's why students are told to take notes, to extend the teaching metaphor. Lock away that recognition of what happened, right? Draw on it, much like Mrs. TRG drawing on the fact that she knows that while 10 days pay is a lot to be down, it's 10 days. There are 14 days left in the month. Do the math. Play five days a week. Take two days off. That's 10 days. This is fixable, right? We're drawing on that memory. We're drawing on that stored moment, that stored positive. We're remembering that we know how to fix this. We are not falling into despair and woe is me. We are seeing the path out from experience, from knowledge. And the way that you do that is you lock in on those positive outcomes. So when you lose five in a row, And then you get your play stack all the way back to 10 units and add one to the win stack. Mentally lock that in. Recognize what just happened. I lost five in a row. Then I won a hand. Then I made my two unit wager. Then I got a blackjack. Then I got a pair of eights and split them against a 10. I didn't like it, but 
the dealer ended up having a seven under. I got paid on both. I recovered. I'm fine. I know how to do this. When I'm down five, I see the way out the next time. I've been here. I've done this. They've scored two touchdowns on me before, and I've won the game. This is how I do it. I know where I'm at. Same thing if you have a bad day at the casino. Going back to our squad mate that sent their result for three months. They took multiple Tier 3 Meta Martingale losses, and they relied on their knowledge, and they relied on their skill. And they relied on doing what they knew they had to do. They had a winning mindset and everything worked out fine. This is a very, very difficult wisdom to apply this casino wisdom number 42. Having a winning mindset is difficult and you have to work on it. You have to cultivate it. You have to trust your training. And we have a casino wisdom number 82 about that. You have to not quit. But it is a key part of this. And that belief Mrs. TRG has in me, and we'll see if it's justified, as well as the fact that I try to very much focus on this. Mrs. TRG's been having some rough ones. She's had a couple losing situations. And I've said to her, but you remember in Atlantic City, you went three or four days of just really not being able to get anything to go. And then all of a sudden, one table, all that comes back and you end up having a profit for the trip. Lock that memory away. And so that's my that's my tip for the day with Casino Wisdom number 42. As you have success, make an effort to lock and hold by whatever technique you need to that remembrance of how a negative turned to a positive and trust that that can happen again. All right, I believe that the next thing we are going to do, according to the battle plan, is adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge, be squad mates, have some sips, and sort out the results for the month of October 2023. Let's go do that. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in Casino Lifestyle Podcasting, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, and our lounge is open, and we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. The best virtual handcrafted artisanal sodas and pops, the best still and sparkling virtual water, the most amazing virtual buffet anywhere in the virtual internet. Help yourself, make a plate, pour a virtual drink, if you can, press Pause. Take a minute. Pour yourself something to enjoy with me. I have my go-to here. I have a small pour of Royal Crown Apple. Just one very small ice cube. It's an adult juice box. It's delicious. I am going to enjoy that as we have our conversation today and review the results of my gambling with Mrs. TRG for the month of October 2023. And as I always say, the disclaimer that I always want to give, this is not me bragging and boasting. Well, if I take a loss, it's certainly not bragging and boasting, but I am not trying to impress you. I'm trying to be a friend. I'm trying to be a squad mate. I'm trying to share real results so that you can judge if you should listen to this loudmouth on the internet or not. I'm trying to give you realistic expectations. I also, in my own play, am trying to follow my own advice. One of our core concepts is that you are not playing for the table or the machine or the day, but for the month. 
and I play for the month because of how often I play. Maybe in your case, it's playing for the week because you play several times a day, or it's you're playing for the quarter, or you're playing for the year. This is part of having a winning mindset. This is part of being realistic. I am not telling you that I win every table. I don't. I am not telling you that I win every day. I don't. I am not telling you that I win every machine. I don't. What I am telling you is that most months I have a cash profit after expenses. Some months I do not. They don't happen very often. But some months I do not have a cash profit after expenses. However, I have been given so much in comps and gifts that the small loss doesn't matter. In some cases, the comps cover the expenses, and that's a win as well. Those are all ways to win. As I've told you many, many times, if you go to the casino and they comp your meal and they give you a free handbag and they give you a gift card to go to the grocery store and they comp you a room and you have a wonderful evening and you walk out and you have $20 less than you had when you walked in, you won. You got way more in value than you lost. You were a winner. That is the only way I know how to see that. And if you've been around for a while, if you listened from uh, from the beginning, certainly, but if you've been around a while, you know that if we take a loss, I'm going to tell you we took a loss. Does not happen very often. Occasionally, a month here or a month there, we actually take a loss. But it doesn't happen very often. And as I told you in issue uh, episode two, I believe, I believe I said it in episode two, but one of those first few episodes... When it does happen, usually the months before or the months after also make up for it, which is part of taking that long-term view. As we do at the end of every month, we're going to run through results here. This one's particularly interesting because if you listened to the previous episode, you know that I took a, a fairly big loss. It wasn't fun. It was... Uh, the nature of the beast, and it was the nature of the trip in some ways. Had we not been doing as many things with our friends, which was much more important, probably would have done some more gambling and might very well have had the opportunity to leave Las Vegas with a win. We were living a casino lifestyle, a lifestyle we very much enjoy. We were enjoying time with friends, a unique vacation that we haven't had an opportunity in our lives to take in the past. Don't regret a bit of it. And as I shared with you last time, and I shared with you just a little earlier in the episode, as we left town, my wife had the, the wonderful instinct to say, eh, it's the middle of the month, you got plenty of time to fix this. So that became the question. Was it fixable? Could I fix it? I did most of my gambling for this two weeks locally. I did in one case plan around my promotions. I had a comped room at my home casino, Casino 2, which is a My Choice property, about uh, two and a half hours south and east of our home. It is the real-world location you are trying to identify if you would like to join the Excelsior Brigade, if you would like to play the game hidden in the podcast. You can learn all about that in episode 22. But I did take a trip over there because I had some very, very good promotions. Uh, promotions that included free table bet, free hotel room. Obviously, I have enough points to comp myself dinner, as well as free slot play on the evening that I arrived, and a very, very generous one-third of a day's pay grocery store gift card on the day that I left. So with that kind of alignment of things, free place to stay, free bet, free food, and then a nice big gift card, it was worth the trip over. And so I did make that trip, and that does 
kind of play into results. That was about four days before the end of the month that I made that trip. Let's dig into the numbers. And then I'm going to tell you the story at the end. And I'm going to tell you a story at the end about how... I'm going to tell you two stories at the end. But let's just do the numbers first. Then we'll do the stories. And then we'll wrap up, as always, with the Casino Combat theme song. So let's see. Here we go. I played 86 blackjack tables. 56 of them were winning tables. 30 of those were losing tables. And as we know, several of those occurred at the Mirage and were Tier 3 losing attempts and i did a couple of those so kind of ugly 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 there however i won money playing blackjack a total of one dollar and 98 cents on the one dollar a day scale and now we know that i am doing this all unscripted unrehearsed and slightly unprepared if this is your first time the one dollar a day scale goes like this i have an amount of money i would like to win each day locally or each attempt if I am out on a trip and gambling multiple times a day. And so I take all my results, all my comps, all my gifts, all my everything, and I divide it by that number. And so then I can just give you everything on a scale as if I earned a dollar a day. So to take silly numbers, absurd numbers, if you earn $5 a day, Take all the numbers I give you and multiply them by five because that will tell you what the impact of this would be in your life. And if you earn $50,000 a day, take all these numbers and multiply them by 50,000 and that will tell you how this impacts your life. So, playing blackjack, I won $1.98. I had one losing craps table. Um, I had 31... Uh, not, do, not do slot machines yet. Total four tables, a win of $1.13 if we round up. It's 1.1252, a win of $1.12. So despite, despite the fact that I left Las Vegas with a huge negative, we managed to finish the month with a winning run at the table. Slot machines. Let's dig into slot machines here. We had 31 winning 21, uh, I'm sorry, we had played a total of 31 slot machines. 21 of them were winning machines. This is with our own money using TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos, which you can find in the ebook Casino Combat Slot Tactics, which you can do, download from casinocombat.com in the Fred section. It is free, 100% free. We are not even going to collect your email address. So 31 winning machines, or 31 machines played, 21 winning, 10 losing, and despite that, we ended up with a loss from playing slots with our own money of $1.20. We received $1.76 on the if I earned a dollar a day scale. So just short of two days pay in free slot play. And it paid out horribly. Absolutely horribly. We only won 56 cents with $1.76 of free slot play. Very, very disappointing. And I got to tell you, I had a lot of free slot play at my home casino. That's part of the reason I made the trip over, and Heidi didn't pay hardly anything. Heidi did not pour hardly any beers. It was very, very frustrating. I was an unhappy TRG who needed to find his winning mindset when all that free slot play did not generate very much money at all. So, this is the first time in a while that slot play in total, both played with our own money and played 
with free slot play did not translate to a win. And I dug into the numbers a little bit. That's the value of taking this time at the end of each month and having written records and doing a review is that you can go, hey, that's different. What happened here? Most months, this is a positive number. We take the slot strategy number one and slot strategy L numero dos, and we push them both together and our slot portfolio produces a profit for us. So what happened? Why is this the way this is? Well, there's several things that happened here. First of all, we played more slot machines than we normally do, and that's a function of being in Vegas. That's a function of being in Vegas. That's what that is. And sometimes those couple days that we were doing things with our friends, our only gambling for the day was a little bit of slot play or a little bit of video poker. Not really any meaningful blackjack play or craps play at all. So that's part of it. The other thing that's going on here is that this month, the local casino with the horse track gave me no free slot play. No free slot play at all. That's part of the reason I went over to my home casino thinking that that huge amount of free play would help out. And that's the other thing. The free slot play did not pay out the normal approximately 50% that I see. Should have, would have been uh, right around one day's pay, uh, one one dollar of slot play payout. So we got less free play. Free play didn't pay what it normally does. And that has shown me, and once again, value of written records, that has shown me that it's time to go back to the horse track and put some money through machines in a purposeful way. I'm going to use TRG slot strategy, El Numero Dos, of course, but I need to put some money through their machines so that they will once again start giving me free slot play because that's been a real source of revenue. And that dropped out of the equation this month. I kind of hadn't realized it. I've been planning around my promotions. I've been following my casino wisdoms, but that just means I stopped going to the horse track because there was no reason to go. So we're going to try to fix that in the coming months. We're going to try to put some money back through that property and see if we can get them back to giving us free slot play. And that may take a couple months. And if after a couple months it doesn't click in, then we'll decide they just have stopped giving out as much and we'll adjust accordingly. So money lost on slot play this month, money won on table this month, put it all together, and our profit or loss from gambling is a profit of 49 cents on the $1 a day scale. Not particularly great, not particularly spectacular, but as a recovery from money lost in Vegas, I'm I'm not mad about that. I'm not unhappy. Look, I would much rather be able to tell you that I covered all my expenses and that everything was great, but we didn't take a loss gambling. We went to Vegas, we had a great time, we lost money, we spent time with our friends instead of playing, and we came back, and I got to work, and my wife's faith in me was justified, and I managed to win back all that we lost, and a little more, and have a little small profit from the gambling piece of things, and some interesting stories to share with you to wrap up this segment in just a minute. The expenses. So what are the expenses? The expenses are plane tickets. The expenses are show tickets, the Rich Little Show, which I'm always going to cherish that memory of. The Cirque de Soleil show with our friends that we're always going to have that memory. Some meals that weren't comped. There are meals out with our friends. Some room service that wasn't comped. We had $3.97 uh, $3 
in expenses. We had a result then, profit or loss after expenses. Expenses are obviously a negative. So we have a negative $3.49 after gambling from profit. So we have a loss on the gambling with expenses of $3.49. Not great, not fun, but what it essentially says is we bought a vacation. We didn't lose any money gambling, and we spent about three and a half days pay to go on a wonderful Las Vegas vacation for a week with our friends. Air, food, hotel. If you said, hey, do you want to go to Las Vegas? It's going to take you the money you make Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and half of Thursday. I think a lot of you would find that that was a very, a very affordable vacation. I think you would. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd say that's ridiculous. But that's not an outrageous price to pay for a Las Vegas vacation, fine dining, shows every night with your friends. At least I don't think that is. Wish I'd have covered it. It wasn't unreachable. I just didn't get there. So let's run down the rest of it real quick and let's get to the bottom line on this one. Our comps were equal to 10 days pay. Our comps were equal to two weeks pay. We didn't have any match bets. We haven't been going to those kinds of places. We had, so that's $10 on the $1 a day scale in comps. We had $2.28 in free bets. We had $1.05 in gifts. We missed out on some gifts and some free bets while we were traveling. That's normal. So where do we end up? Where's the total value to our lives? Did we make up with comps and gifts what we lost or spent? And the answer is that yes, we did. When you total it all out, when you add it all up, the total value into our lives for the month of October 2023 is a positive $10.57. As said another way, everything we did on our trip was discounted by 66%, roughly speaking. We will put this up on the website. We will put this up for you to see. It is a winning month. We did not win enough to cover our expenses. We did have some expenses, but we got a very wonderful vacation, very, very deeply discounted. I got a great evening at my home casino that I thoroughly enjoyed, and it is a winning month for Casino Combat, and we bought our vacation. So there you go. A couple of uh, fun, quick stories, and the first one does involve my home casino. I went to my home casino just a couple days before the end of the month. And I went for the reasons I've already outlined. You know, I've told you the story of the Padawan, the Path, and the Bear several episodes back. And so I started out taking a small loss, went and got a comp to dinner, came back and, and played for an extended period of time, winning some, losing some, winning some. And then I went on a nice winning streak at the blackjack table. And I had won enough to basically have us back at zero. We're three, four days before the end of the month. I have won enough money to basically accomplish what my wife believed I could accomplish. I have won the money I needed to win to get us back on a positive basis. And I've got a couple, three days left of gambling once I get home. Cool, I've done it. And I'm headed to the hotel room. 
I'm headed out. I'm done. Path walked. And I went by the craps table. And the craps table was only about half full. And the craps table only had a $10 minimum bet. And I decided, well, don't see $10 craps tables very often. Haven't played any craps this month. So what the heck? What the heck? I'm going to play some craps. Haven't played craps in a while. And $10 minimums. And it's fine. I've got the month fixed. And I'm just going to order another cocktail. It's still early. I'm going to enjoy the casino a little bit. And uh, revel in my success. And that's the bear. That's the bear right there. Never, never imagine that it is only Padawans that can get grabbed by the bear. I got grabbed by the bear. And then I made the problem worse. Because... I lost uh, about a dollar on the dollar a day scale at the craps table, just a little less, you know, just not what I wanted to do. And then I decided that that's fine because, you know, I was doing great at the blackjack table, completely ignore the fact that the first table I played that day had uh, been a losing table and I had to fight my way back after dinner. Nah, you know, it's only one day's pay. Getting one day's pay is easy enough. It's not a big deal. It's only a dollar on the one dollar a day scale. I'll just go back to the blackjack table. And I spent about another 45 minutes losing another one dollar on the one dollar a day scale, losing another day's pay. So the bear got me. If I had just walked past the craps table, been happy in my success, not tried to do a little more, all those things that uh, when you run into the bear, you do. If I had just taken my own advice, I'd have left my home casino with the month solved. Or with the problem I had created in Las Vegas solved and had several more days, which ended up being winning days, to get everything back on track. My own fault. And I made a note of it at the time. Put that note right there in the app. You found the bear because you got off the path. And you deserved it. And you need to share that with everybody. And I have. And the other interesting thing I want to share with you then is I tried to be very careful the last few days when I'm back at my local casino. I was willing to take a loss, not tell you that we actually won money gambling, not tell you, as I did just a minute ago, that we won 49 cents on the $1 a day scale, about a half a day's pay. I was willing to come and tell you that I had lost and tell you I'd lost because I ran into the bear through not following my own advice and remembering my own parables. And so I was very careful. I was very limited in the choices I made. And gradually I won a little and won a little and won a little. And went down to the casino on the last day of the month, the very last day of October 2023. And I played the first table. And I had a positive exit. And I won. And I went to the bar. And I sat down and went through all the numbers for the day. And entered them in the app very carefully. And entered them for the month. And I was still short. I was still short about a day's pay. I was at, uh, you know, minus uh, 51 cents on the $1 a day scale. And I sent Mrs. Tierra, and I'm inclined to be done. I was inclined to just be done and take the loss close enough, right? Just close enough, not going to risk it again. Not going to risk multiple days pay to try to get that last little bit. And I sent Mrs. TRG a text, and I laid the whole thing out for her quickly, and I said, what do you think? Do you want me to head home? I didn't quite get us there. I didn't quite make up all the the 10 days that I lost at the Mirage. 
And she surprised me. She honestly did. The message that came back was, I think it's one more table. I think you got this. I think you can do this. She had that positive mindset. She had locked in the idea that I was going to be able to do this, that it was doable. She had believed it all along. And I went to that table and I played TRG4 and I played the cycling meta martingale that I've been, been playing for months and months now that I really like. And I won the money and I headed home. I had a winning month. It was, in fact, her belief in me. It was, in fact, her decision. I'd have been fine either way. Without her input, I'd have said close enough and I'd have, and I'd have wrapped it up and head home and, and told her that uh, I had decided that I was close enough and I wasn't going to risk making things worth, worse. But I took her wise advice. I got us to a win. And I'm, of course, very, very happy that that's the way everything turned out. Nobody would be unhappy about that. Always happy to be able to come on here and tell you we had a winning month. Certainly happy to tell you, be able to tell you that her faith in me was justified and I was able to recover everything I had lost on uh, a rough evening at the Mirage. That's a very great way for things to be. So please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I so very appreciate it. And stick around. The best part of the podcast is next. The Casino Combat theme song, The Casino Combat Blues.
Unica, I mean we're here to stay. Gambling's propping up the budgets. 